Welcome to the FHE Podcast, hosted by Amy and Maddie. We are the Fruity Horny Exmos. Welcome back to the FHE Podcast. Hello. Hello. (laughs) We're both here. Um, If you listened to last week's episode, thank you, number one, since it was technically our season two premiere. Um, Yes. And if you listened last week, then you heard the note at the very beginning from editing Amy, who informed you why the audio sounded like that. We're hopeful that it does not sound like that this time. Sober Amy. We will see. Checked a lot. So I hope that it's fine. Anyway, but thanks so much for tuning back in for part two of And They Shall Be One Flesh, A Sensible Sex Guide by Dr. Lindsay, Pussy Dr. MD. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited. Part two. All right, take it away. So where we left off last week was... We ended on chapter seven of this book, and it was something about, like, thy wife and thy youth or something. Something gross. Ew. (laughs) Sorry. No, I mean, move. It was just traumatic. Yeah. So now, after all that bullshit we talked about last week, here is the second half of the book. Again, there are so many things that haven't been said. There's been so many things that have been said. And it's just going to get worse. So we're going to dive right back in to chapter eight, which is setting the stage. Setting the stage for what? Sex. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. I know. I was just being dumb. (laughs) Okay. So our behavior is based to a great extent upon our attitudes. Unfortunately, a man and a woman enter into marriage with widely differing concepts of what marriage is and should be. Usually both are completely wrong, especially in relation to sex and the part it should play in marriage. Sex in marriage is proper. It is decent. It is necessary. When successful, it is divine. Mm. Sex in marriage provides the oil that makes the machinery of family life run smoothly. Ew. Oil? (laughs) It is the magic cement that holds a marriage together when other problems threaten to tear it apart. Like what? Bad sex? (laughs) Honestly, who (laughs) fucking knows? Just kidding. (laughs) Sex is the most intimate, private, and sacred facet of marriage, and one of the few that is never shared with anyone else, including the children. Ever. Ever. Obviously. The responsibility for the success of this side of marriage is bilateral, placing equally this task upon each partner with a promise that each will receive from the relationship just about what she or he puts into it. If a man thinks only of himself, he will find a wife that eventually freezes up towards him and recognizes him for what he is, a selfish, self-centered animal. <laughs> okay. On the you other got that right, Lindsay. Yeah, fucking preach, man. <laughs> this is his biography. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, a wife who will not contribute of herself to the relationship soon finds her husband withdrawing the non-reciprocal projection of his affection. Whoa. Okay. He really waxes poetic in this <clears throat> book. Yeah. Such a wife shouldn't be too surprised to find her husband searching elsewhere for the affection she fails to give him. He that's said so many times in this book 
Like, if she doesn't put out, he'll find it somewhere else. And I'm like, yikes. Maybe you should talk about infidelity and why it's like a threat hanging over the head of women. Yeah. Like, damn. <laughs> yikes. Yeah. Armed then with a healthy attitude towards sex in marriage, the co-directors of this production can set about to make it the finest production of their lives and one that will continue successful reruns as long as they live. God, God. I forgot how much he like uses the metaphor of like a production. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, setting, setting the, the stage. stage. <gasps> Any successful play begins with enthusiasm and optimism. Is that so? I guess so. But these must be sufficient to weather temporary failures or setbacks. The directors must have confidence that they have a combination that will ultimately be a smash hit. In order to have a success, however, considerable thought, time, and effort must be expended. Proper lighting, costuming, sometimes trial and error, and certainly plenty of practice are all included in the list of essentials. Young people must not expect sex and marriage to come in the instant success package. Come. (laughs) (laughs) If there is sufficient love and tenderness and patience in each partner, ultimate mutual enjoyment will be the end result. Mutual? (laughs) Yeah, that's a stretch. (laughs) I didn't know this was a work of fiction. (laughs) It is not uncommon for a bridegroom to fail completely in the sex act on the first night. When this happens, he wonders what is wrong with himself. He forgets the excitement, the fatigue, the anxiety of the ordeal. But time and rest and patience correct all of this. Oh, okay. (laughs) Who knew it was that easy? Yep. Yeah. Even more common is the failure of the bride to achieve any kind of climax or orgasm, not only the first night, but for some time after marriage. Oh, yeah. Mm. Unless she has been properly informed, she may wonder what has happened to the feelings she had for her husband before they were married. She may think think they are not suited to each other or that she has married the wrong man. All this, of course, is untrue. Whereas in a man, most of this response comes with no effort on his part. In a woman, it must be cultivated. She must be educated to a proper response. Mm. I feel like he should be educated. Yeah, I agree. To a proper response mm-hmm. from her as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. It and should I'm, be equal. It's it's so specific to say she will wonder if they are not suited. I know. He didn't make me immediately at orgasm, so must be wrong. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like I've ever heard that from someone like either. But also, I don't really talk to people who would be in this situation (laughs) like Mormons. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I'm just thinking. Sorry. (laughs) I I do want to talk about my experience marrying a man at some point, probably at the end. Okay, but I. I actually can kind of relate to that a little. Oh, damn. Okay. So stay tuned for the end of the episode when I divulge more personal information. (laughs) (laughs) You're cute. (laughs) Okay. It's too much. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) It is important at a time like this that the husband be patient and tender and considerate of his wife. What about like all the time? Mm Mm-hmm. But only in this time? Only when he wants to fuck. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm taking notes. Yeah. Write those notes down. 
He must not force nor hurry her. He must convince her of his love and his consideration for her as his lifelong companion and sweetheart, not just as his bed partner. Convince her? His patience at this crucial time may determine much of their future relationship. If he must wait for a few nights until they become used to each other, he should sense this. If she has not been examined and prepared by a physician, he should encourage her to do so. And then I underlined this next sentence. Above all, he must not hurt her. Why did it even need to be said? Yeah, I don't feel like it um, needs to be said. No. But, but thank you, Lindsay, for that reminder. Thank God you're a doctor for women. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if the hymen is intact and is too rigid, he should take her to a physician to have this skillfully stretched under anesthesia. I feel like it, it's so specific that he's like under anesthesia. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing to these women under anesthesia? <laughs> yeah, yikes. Like, I know that a hymenectomy is in fact a thing because mm-hmm. um, I have previously dated someone who had to have one. Um, so like, I know that it's a real thing. Yeah. But I don't know. I but just, every, not everyone has to do it. No. And like, yeah, you can do a premarital exam if you feel like you need to. And they can give you guidance on how to like get used to receiving. Yeah. So I, that part makes sense. But like, I don't know. I just feel like under anesthesia is just a little intense. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? A husband must remember that the transition from virginity and cautious chastity to the role of a willing wife may be extremely frightening for her. Only he can help her to make this transition smoothly and without emotional trauma. Only he. Because he knows exactly how that feels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, you know, no recommendation for the women to talk about it with people who have gone through it no yeah maybe with other women etc yeah no just him proper consummation of love elevates both husband and wife to their highest mentally and physically through this act they continually reassure each other of their devotion loyalty and trust in this act the ultimate of oneness is achieved this will be the greatest (laughs) production of their lives and one that can and will improve with each performance but it is one that requires a great amount of practice and patience to perfect okay so we've set the stage (laughs) now what now it's the woman's role. Awesome. <laughs> so, no joy approaches the mutually shared ecstasy of the culmination of a proper love embrace. Ew. What did the fuck did that even mean? Love embrace? The, yeah. Proper love embrace. You can just say sex, man. You're a doctor. Intercourse. No. That, that would also be fine. I hate that word, though. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's better than it's like... better than proper love embrace that's disgusting or like production yeah ew coitus coitus interruptus i'm not taking it out fine (laughs) you bitch this is god's intended method of making them quote one flesh i also hate that phrase too yeah they shall be one flesh the fucking name of the book (laughs) Never do husband and wife blend more completely. Never do they feel closer and more united than at this blessed moment. 
I'm not, I, to me, I think it's so reductive for a relationship for like for sex to have that kind of label. Like they yeah. can never feel closer and more united than when they have sex. Yeah. Because I, yes, while I agree, that is something that can happen. Yeah. I also disagree. Because I also disagree. There's other things that can bring people close together. Yeah. Like communication. Yeah. Yeah. Spending time together. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, but like, it's clear that a man's writing this. Mm -hmm. And it's ridiculous that a man is writing this for women. I mean, it says for women and men. Yeah. It says for both, but it's mostly about the man, for the man. However, this is achieved only when the wife also gives of herself completely, lending active and unrestrained response to her husband's embraces. (sighs) Embraces? Mm Mm-hmm. Hate it. This is the time for discarding natural reserves and timidity. Is that a word? Timidity? Like... Timidity? (laughs) Timidity? (laughs) That's not a word. Maybe it is how you say it. Timidity? Tim- timidity no because of, is it timid? like timid and then i-t-y yeah yeah timidity <laughs> whatever <laughs> this is the time when she should feel free to tell her husband how to caress her so that oh. she may respond <laughs> just because he doesn't know no i just the way he talks about all of it just <laughs> makes me feel so gross yeah don't like it yeah i'm like you could just like say things in a normal way and then maybe i wouldn't be so grossed out yeah and cringe every time yeah i read something yeah embrace caress Mm. he just uses caress way too much in this book yeah a wife should in a subtle and almost imperceptible way coach and train and direct her husband to help him become the ideal lover for her in all caps and how would she know that if she's never explored it herself Mm mm-hmm She's only supposed to explore with her husband, clearly. Mm-hmm. After all, if they are to spend a lifetime together, they should begin by becoming adept at this very important part of their relationship as husband and wife. Half the pleasure a man derives from intercourse is in thrilling his wife. <laughs> if he fails to achieve this, he feels he has failed indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. His ego is deflated and he is certain that he is not the man he thought he was. <laughs> A considerate husband will, of course, ask his wife if she is enjoying intercourse and if there's anything he can do differently to help her enjoy it. It is her responsibility to tell him this and to cautiously offer suggestions as to what might intensify her enjoyment. Cautiously, because his little feelings are going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his big man feelings, big man ego. He won't be the man he thought he was. No. Indeed. Indeed. He failed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it is not uncommon for a wife to fail to reach a climax sometime when they have intercourse, but this is not serious. Dot, dot, dot. Shut up. If oh both husband and wife understand that this is not serious. <laughs> <laughs> this is not serious. If they both understand that it's not, not serious. <laughs> a man's sexual need may be greater than his wife's, but mm. she, in turn, may occasionally enjoy just being held in his arms and knowing that she is loved while he completes the act. Occasionally. Okay. Just just like let him use your body to complete the act. To complete the act. Instead of just going and masturbating. Like. No. This is not teaching women about consent at all. No. And it's funny because he'll toss it in like. 
you know, he shouldn't hurt her. He shouldn't force her. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But then he'll say shit like that. Like, yeah. And he's, and he's like, yeah. And if the wife doesn't put out, he's going to cheat on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, this would make me feel so much worse mm-hmm. if I was a woman. Yeah. Knowing that I was going to have sex with my husband. And then all this pressure of like, you won't want it as much as your husband will, but you should still do it anyway. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Incorrect. A wise wife may choose on occasion to feign complete response, knowing that this will heighten his satisfaction and merely lead him to love her that much more. In this case, she receives a certain amount of satisfaction just knowing that she is the one and only woman for him. So okay, wait, you can so choose to fake an gonna, orgasm. She's going to fake it. Mm-hmm. So then he loves her more. Yeah. Um, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so your worth is not based on, you know, sex at all. Cool. No, definitely cool, cool, not. Cool. Definitely awesome. not. All right. Awesome. <laughs> when she clutches him tightly to her, whether climaxing or not, he knows that he's being accepted, not rejected. Yeah, and because we don't want his little man his feelings little man to get feelings. God forbid. Jesus. He knows that he is being accepted, not rejected, and it is a mutual sh- and shared love that has been given expression. Ultimately, she receives in return manyfold the love and tolerance and understanding that she is giving her husband at this time. How? Literally how? I don't know. Because he feels accepted and not rejected. Yeah. (laughs) However, a woman should normally respond in intercourse. And if both she and her husband will work at it, she will probably find that she is capable of responding better and more completely than he does. How often we find a woman who reaches the first climax of her life only after many years of complacent tolerance for something she thought she was not meant to enjoy. And all it took for this change was a little instruction and effort by both of them. He's saying that's an off that hap- that's a common. Yep. Yeah. How often we find a woman who doesn't orgasm until many years into her marriage, basically, and just that she thought that she wasn't meant to enjoy it. Yikes. And I'm like, even if, I mean, again, a man wrote this book, so it's possible that even the person that he's thinking of or the people his that wife. he's, his wife, <laughs> like she could be faking it. She could just get better at faking it after many years of, mm-hmm. you know, putting up with it. Yeah. After 25 years of married life, one patient stopped in the office to see me just as she was on her way to a lawyer to obtain a divorce because of sexual maladjustment. And when we first read this book, I looked up what that meant. And basically, it means that they're like sexually incompatible mm-hmm. or that there's some issue with their sex life. After some instruction, she discovered that she was normal after all. And so was her husband. All, oh. all they needed was a little change in technique. And to think that we wasted 25 good years was her only comment. 25. Yikes. And that's when they chose to go get some help was after 25 years? After she was going to divorce him and then they, what, communicated once and then suddenly it's better. 25 years? Like, just really put this in perspective of, like, the church, right? Like, I I mean, it's not uncommon for women in the generation that this book was written for to not orgasm because of the patriarchy and how it was growing up during this time. However, the church makes it so much worse because Mm -hmm. 
of how shameful they make you about having normal human emotions and reactions. Yeah. And so it's like, that's, of course, that's not just going to turn off. No. You know? And I mean, I guess it's good that he's saying, you know, the husband should be patient, but like, but he's also saying that mm -hmm. he has no self-control and it's just going to go find his needs. Yeah. Like get his needs met elsewhere. Yeah. If she doesn't put out. So she she might as well just put out even if she doesn't want it. Yeah. Like it's it's so fucked up. Like how he talks about it. Yeah. And I'm like I just cannot believe that he was an OBGYN. Mm -hmm. Me either. Mm -mm. <sighs> Although cautious not to offend him. A wife, again, cautious, right? Mm -hmm. A wife should never be hesitant to tell her husband what gives her the most pleasure. Men should not say the word pleasure. I agree. I feel like we should start a petition. Yeah. I just like don't really like that word. Pleasure. 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 I was saying it with like a Utah accent. Pleasure. Now they're like treasure. <laughs> pleasure. I've never heard that. Okay. Well, you're from Utah. I say treasure and pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. Bitch. <laughs> no, that's fair. If certain positions are more satisfactory, if some movements aid her in achieving her orgasm, she should tell him. If some of his caresses are distasteful or annoying, she may also tactfully let him know that some other caresses are more satisfying. Tactfully. Cautious. It's absurd. Some women prefer to have the clitoris titillated. Ew. <laughs> Ne I never, ever want to hear you say that again. Just before, but not during the climax. Would you agree as a clitoris haver? Just, just before what? So. Just before, but not during? Is that what it says? Well, okay. Let me actually finish reading this paragraph Sorry, first. Go ahead. So I'm going to start it over. Okay. Some women prefer to have the clitoris titillated just Ew. before, but not during the climax. I just wanted to say it again because you said never say it again. Never want to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Others cannot achieve satisfaction without constant titillation. I feel like there are different words he could use. And he's choosing the worst ones. <laughs> Still, others achieve the same result by lying on top of their husbands during the act. So... She's on top. Okay. Yeah. There's you yeah. Know, different positions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But the husband cannot be aware of these things unless his wife lets him know in one way or another. Couples should not hesitate to experiment with different positions and different types of caresses during coitus. Oh, God. He does say coitus. Ew. Yep. Only in this way can they determine what is best for them. There mm -hmm. really are no rules to govern the intimacies between husband and wife. It is no one else's business. That which is mutually agreeable and pleasurable and contributes to the mutual satisfaction and enjoyment of the act is the only governing factor. Okay. Yeah. What is satisfactory for someone else may be repulsive to you. <sighs> what you have found to be delightful for you may not appeal to others. That's the exact same thing you just said. Yeah. Just with different words. Mm -hmm. And the second way to say it was better. Yeah. Than the first one. Repulsive. I hate that word. Like, whatever. Like, yeah, they might have some kinks that are different than yours, but that doesn't mean that they're repulsive unless it's something that is illegal or non-consensual. Yes. 
Uh, thank you for the thank you for the feedback. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's see. This is private. It is intimate. It is confidential and should be reserved for you and your husband. Is it normal for a woman to actively participate in intercourse? What do you think, Mads? Do you think that's normal? No. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes, it is. He, yeah. Dr. Lindsay says, of course. Unfortunately, some people have grown up in a culture that teaches intercourse is only to satisfy the beastly instincts of a man. <laughs> of course, this is not so. The Lord did not intend it to be so. A woman is designed physiologically so she can respond just as well or even more so than a man. In the wooing prior to intercourse, a woman should not only respond to her husband's kisses, embraces, and caresses. I knew it. <laughs> I was just waiting for a fucking caress. Caresses. She should also actively participate in all of these herself. She should feel free to caress and fondle and do anything else that she knows is pleasurable to either one of them. Fondle. (laughs) It's not only proper but desirable for her to use the muscles of her vagina to enhance the pleasure for the act in both of them. (laughs) Okay. No one wishes to sleep with a dead fish. (laughs) A woman can learn to manipulate the muscles of her vagina so that it intensifies the feeling for both her and her husband. Nor should she stop these movements unless her husband is completely finished with his ejaculation. This produces the maximum amount of sensation in both. Okay. (laughs) I just, like, don't even know what to say. I mean, it's just awful. Like, it's... Yeah. Is that a thing? Like learning to do that? Every time. <laughs> you can say it. Every time. Like, I don't feel like I do it on purpose. You know? Like that your muscles contract? Mm hmm. I mean, I think that there are like some exercises. I think it's like a pelvic floor thing, honestly. Mm. I obviously don't know because I'm not an ABGYN like Dr. Lindsay, but pussy Dr. MD, <clears throat> pussy Dr. MD over here. But <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it's usually just like mm. natural if it feels good mm. for <laughs> Sorry. the woman or the, the pussy haver, <laughs> the pussy, the pussy owner, <laughs> the pussy owner. Um, I feel like that's just normal. Yeah. But, the way he says that is like manipulates the muscles of her vagina. Yeah, like Again, learning it's for to... him. Yeah, and it's not just like this but is a it... natural reaction for you. Yeah, as the pussy haver, the <laughs> pussy owner. <laughs> yeah, um, a husband appreciates a reciprocation of his advances. He interprets caresses by his wife as an indication of acceptance of him. What is okay? <laughs> What is up with the man being accepted? Yeah. Um, is it abnormal for a woman to reach several orgasms per love act? What do you think, Mads? No. <laughs> Definitely not, says Dr. PussyMD. It is not only normal, but fairly common, although not mandatory. The ultimate goal should be for the husband to help his wife to achieve the pleasure, the enjoyment, the closeness, the unspoken love that such an act was meant to convey. Such a mutually enjoyable experience is on the highest spiritual plane. It is fulfillment of the God-given commandment. No one would ask for more than this. So that was the woman's role. And what percent of that chapter do you think was actually about a fucking woman? Like, like five. Literally. Yeah. yeah. Now let's hear about the man's role. 
Oh, I thought we already heard about that. <laughs> well, we're going to hear more about it. Great. Yeah. Okay. Only in extreme cases is a woman really frigid. That's the first sentence of this chapter. Frigid? Yeah. And he says that so many times. Only rarely is a woman unable to respond to a man she loves. If he mm. is skilled enough to prepare her for the act and then follow through in the way he should. <sighs> Skillful enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not only are few women frigid, but most women, if properly inspired, will desire intercourse almost as much as men and will respond just as completely. While it is true that some few women are more passionate than men and some others respond with greater passion even to being kissed, the majority of women must be wooed before they respond at all. And many women who are frigid, withdrawn, nervous, irritable, and hate their husbands have been brought to this condition by an inconsiderate, inept husband who completely bungled the sex act and conditioned them to think that all men are of this type. Okay. Hate their husbands. (laughs) Or they could be gay. True. That's That's actually pretty likely. A woman is much like a beautiful musical instrument. She must first be warmed up and put in tune, then delicately and masterfully handled in order to bring out harmonious and inspiring music. No. If handled clumsily, harshly, or indelicately, the resultant sounds are offensive and unpleasant. Above all, do not hurt her. Yeah. (laughs) We don't have to be master musicians, however, to learn how to bring out the best in our lives. A good musician takes good care of his instrument, even when it's not in use. He cherishes and values it for its true worth. Just as with the musical instrument, a man should cherish his wife and treat her always as a sweetheart, not just when he anticipates a concert. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Even I mean, I sorry. I get what he's saying, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, true. But also just. Yeah. The whole, like, concert stage production yeah. metaphor is killing me. Same. Even if a man has a sex drive geared to a harem, he will f- he will find a responsive wife if he truly loves, respects, and honors her in everything else. Never was anything more valid than, quote, bread cast upon the waters when it comes to the matters of sex. I have no idea what me that means. Me either. If anyone listening knows what the fuck that means, let us know because that's weird. <laughs> Admittedly, there are cases of outright selfishness either in the man with his demands or in a woman who makes her husband pay and pay dearly for any response she gives him, just as though she were a prostitute instead of a wife. But these are the exception and not the rule. If husbands will constantly keep in mind, what can I do to please my wife most? How does she feel about this? She must come first. If she enjoys it, then I will be happy. Such unselfish reasoning will usually result in a completely satisfying experience for both. For when the wife responds, the response in the husband is enhanced manyfold. Never should a husband plunge headlong into the act of intercourse when his wife is unprepared, unaroused, or unwilling. Yeah. Above all, do not hurt her. Yeah. Preparation for the next intercourse should have begun all over again following the last act. Oh. This includes tenderness of the wife's feelings, helpfulness with the children, overlooking her faults, and magnifying her accomplishments. <laughs> overlooking her faults. Mm-hmm. I hope she does the same for you. Yeah. You bitch. Jesus. <laughs> you tell him. Oh, my God. One can scarcely blame a woman for being unresponsive if the only time she hears a kind word 
is when her husband wants intercourse. A stage properly set is the first step towards a smash hit. Ew. Literal smash. Mm -hmm. Treat your wife like a queen and she will respond as if you were a king. God made men, or most men, to be sexually aggressive. Ew. Aggressive? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Likewise, most men are turned on sexually at the drop of a woman's eyelash. But a woman, or most women, must be wooed from the first word to the final embrace. A wise husband treats his wife as his perennial sweetheart. It's like, you've already said that, man. Yeah. Like a thousand times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And this book is not that long. It's, it's not. It's like 70 pages. So <laughs> he did not need to... It could have been half of that. Yeah. This could have been like a brochure. This could have been sent in an email. Am I right? <laughs> True. <laughs> Summarize. Summarize it, man. Um, let's see. The poorest man on earth is still loaded with gifts that will please a woman if he chooses to give them. If a pauper is full of praise for his wife, she will love and treasure this reassurance far above the most expensive and lavish gift he could find. <sighs> Words tenderly put together provide the combination that unlocks the innermost chambers of a woman's heart. Ew. Just reading these, the last paragraph makes me remember why I re- I had to read like every paragraph of this book when we were at Outer Darkness. Yeah. Because I'm like, every paragraph is so weird. Yeah. And awful. I feel like this is just... Like, giving men the wrong idea, kind of. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, yeah, if you are good at sex, you're going to open the innermost chambers of her heart. You know? Mm -hmm. That's what it's saying. Yeah, basically. And I just feel like... That's not always going to be the case. Because if you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, just like, it's you know. not just sex. Like, yeah, the way that he views sex is definitely like he's explaining how to just be a decent partner. Mm-hmm. But like in a way that is conveyed from the perspective of someone who isn't a decent partner, but is putting on the, the facade of one. Yeah. And it makes me uncomfy. Yeah, it makes me uncomfy, too. Like, mm-hmm. it it just sounds like the woman is going to, you know, worship him at his feet mm-hmm. because yeah. he gave her this gift or whatever. Yep. And I just don't like that. Me either. Because it's not that great as a lesbian. Yeah. It's not that great. It's fucking <laughs> right. It's fucking right. Everyone should be gay. <laughs> <sighs> that was a joke. I'm not trying to convince people to be be gay, but if you are a little gay, love that for you. Love that for you. And if you're and not you gay, do it. just like leave me alone, you know. Yeah, just like shut the fuck up and go away, <laughs> or just like hop on board and yeah. just like have a good gay party with us. You don't have to be <laughs> gay. You can be an ally to the gay party. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck any of that meant. <laughs> me either, but it was funny. Next in importance are gestures of tenderness that clearly shows that a husband is more interested in his wife's joy than in his own. A woman is so designed that she responds readily to tender caressing of her entire body more than she does to the direct stimulation of her genitals. Is that so? Yep. Many a husband thinks his wife is cold. Frigid. Or frigid. Yeah, or frigid. When in reality, he has not taken the time nor expended the effort to skillfully to skillfully and tenderly warm her up. Ew. A woman wants to be kissed and loved and talked to. And caressed and embraced. And pleasured. 
<laughs> Didn't titillate it. Ew. Sorry, I went too far. Yeah, he did. <laughs> too far, Amy. Too far. <laughs> to a man, the climax may be the only crucial part of the relationship, and he is eager to get to the point right now. But to a woman, the foreplay and the afterglow, the feeling of being wanted and loved, may be equal to or even greater in importance than the actual climax. To a husband, the only important thing in the meal is the steak. But to his wife, Ew. the side dishes really make the meal. <laughs> Has he like, has he like done research on this? Like, interviewed women and men, and I mean, there's no like owners. Shut up. There are no like (laughs) footnotes, no like sources Mm -hmm. that I could find. This is just straight off his dome. Mm -hmm. Gross. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Well, guess what time it is? It's finally time for the sex act. Finally, Jesus, Jesus. Okay, so it's been warming me up for forever, <laughs> <laughs> and I only care about um, the side dishes, the side dishes, and, and the afterglow. Yeah, obviously. Okay, so the sex act has a different meaning for the man and the woman. Mm. Um, a man too often feels that the sex act begins with the insertion of the penis and ends when it is withdrawn. Okay, so foreplay means nothing to him. Yeah, but okay. for the woman, the act consists of three parts. One, the foreplay or preparation. Two, the sex act proper. Ew. Three, the afterplay. Ew. <laughs> Hate it all. Disgusting. No. Straight to jail. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Although we don't wish to detract any from the sex act proper to a woman the foreplay and afterplay may be just as important and perhaps even more enjoyable mm-hmm. for in these she finds the tenderness and gentleness that are so meaningful to her successful intercourse occurs when both partners are completely satisfied and each or sorry in such a relationship each partner must feel free and uninhibited each must feel free to tell the other of his or her feelings and thereby to guide his partner to the most satisfying response his be like He's the one who needs the instruction, am I right? Yeah, that's what he said multiple times in this book. Because yep. she has to cautiously tell him. So his big man feelings don't get hurt. He doesn't yeah. get rejected. <laughs> yeah, he wants to feel accepted, not rejected. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is the one time in life when modesty is out of place for husband and wife are to be as one flesh mm. caresses should be spontaneous fleeting and gentle in a truly successful relationship there is no passive partner have you never heard of a bottom yeah okay but bottoms aren't passive i wouldn't say that i wouldn't classify bottoms as passive wouldn't I'm... you as a bottom okay shut the fuck up bitch yes, bitch i'm wrong switch bitch switch bitch <laughs> anyways no many marriages suffer because the wife expects a quiet otherwise retiring husband to be the complete aggressor did he not just say that men were made to be aggressive sexually Mm -hmm. so which one is it perhaps in everyday life it is it is she who is the aggressive one it may be impossible for him to step out of character and become aggressive and any attempt by his wife to force him to do this is hazardous and leads to misunderstandings it's her fault Mm-hmm. Yeah. Intercourse is just what it says. A relationship between two people, not some act imposed by one upon another. Most young husbands are eager and willing to initiate love play. Yeah. 
Love play? Mm-hmm. Ew. <laughs> but they have a right to expect their bride to respond to such advances enthusiastically. A right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing will cool and remove the bright luster of young married love quicker than a cool, silent, sullen, negative attitude toward the bridegroom's advances. Yeah. God, he's it's just like contradiction after contradiction in this whole fucking book. Either from misdirected or maladjusted parents or from well-meaning but misinformed friends, the bride may have heard that it is uncommon for a woman to achieve an orgasm or climax. Nothing could be farther from the truth. It is not only uncommon for a woman not to have an orgasm, but it is rare to find a woman who is incapable of an orgasm when she is properly stimulated. Okay, so he just knows nothing about women anatomy and yeah you know Mm -hmm. the fault too often lies in either fear or faulty technique Mm. most cases of so-called frigidity that i have seen began with poor preparation for marriage a frustrating and fearful honeymoon followed by a prolonged period of disappointing one-sided blundering and boredom in marriage that conditioned the woman almost beyond help I don't know why that made me laugh, but almost beyond help. It's just maybe if we talked about sex in, you know, a casual, normal way, because it is normal. Just like yeah, like a healthy way. Yeah. Then maybe when people got married, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah. And there wouldn't be this problem of frigidity. God. It's like I was never a frigid woman. With any man I ever had sex with. But, like, Dead. what does a frigid woman even mean? Just, like, does she just sit there? Just, like, sullen face? Like, no. Mm-mm-mm. Don't touch me. Like, is that a frigid woman? Like, what does that even mean? I don't know. It's someone who isn't, like, willing or cooperative, you know? Yeah, I just That's kind it. of the vibe I'm getting. Which is just... Or, you know, she doesn't orgasm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he knows. That's why he just uses that word. Yeah. For everything. Um, After a few weeks of adjustment, basically, if the bitch can't orgasm, she and her husband should get medical advice. Mm. 25 years down the drain. Yeah. All it took was one little combo. Okay. One final word as to what is normal and what is not in marriage. I don't feel like that's true. One <laughs> final word. As I mentioned earlier, there are few rules. There are few rules to go by in this very private relationship between a man and his wife. I hate when he says that. A man and his wife, not like a man and a woman. Yeah. God forbid. But one rule holds supreme. Whatever is done must be acceptable to both partners. Nothing that appeals to the imagination of either partner and is not repulsive or unacceptable to the other should be considered abnormal. Okay. okay. I mean, consent. <clears throat> yeah, love that. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it is well to remember that nearly all variations attempted by the average couple have been tried before by nearly every other couple. Hmm. This applies to varieties of positions, types of caresses, and any other innovations. <laughs> God. It is man's nature to be adventurous. He may think he has discovered something new and different. He hasn't. Dead. Why would he think that? People have been having sex for a long time. Yeah, since Adam and Eve. Yeah. Since Adam and Steve. True. <laughs> I wish. Um, 
but at least he provides some variation and interest to a vital part of marriage that otherwise could become trite, stereotyped, and even boringly routine. The bride, on the other hand, must overcome modesty and tradition if she is to be rewarded by her husband's love, appreciation, and in most cases, her own increased pleasure. Rewarded? Rewarded. Ew. Yeah. Don't be a frigid woman and your husband will reward you with sex. Noted. Yeah. She must not view her husband's adventurousness as nasty, vulgar, or abnormal unless the unusual is insisted upon as the standard. I would love to know what the what the abnormal is to him or the Me unusual. Too. Like yeah. truly. Me too. Is there a book about that, Lindsay? Probably not. Pussy Doctor M D. Okay, so <laughs> now we're gonna talk about the three I all of that bullshit was not the three sections of sex. Or the three parts of sex, whatever he says. I feel like he's just saying the same things over and he over is. again. So basically there's preparation. Men are in a constant state of sexual readiness, mm. even if it's the farthest thing from their minds. Um, nature made him the hunter, the aggressor, the protector, and in most cases, the initiator. Um, okay. But nature also requires that he woo and court his dame and win her over. Even in lower animals, the female of the species must be courted. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in human beings, the woman longs for and looks forward to being courted and is so designed that she may require some little time to respond adequately to the wooing of the man. Don't even know what that means. Some little time. <laughs> but even though the desire is slow in a woman, once awakened, it's often capable of greater expression. Yes, her ultimate orgasm may be as great or even greater than in the male. It's like a scientific fact that it's more intense but okay and that's like the fifth time he said that so yeah we get it (laughs) let's see a few suggestions seem to be in order for the young bridegroom although most of these things have already been mentioned in this booklet along the way okay then why the fuck are you saying it again yeah so what do you think his first suggestion is a common theme of this book that he's said many times um a suggestion for men is that what it is Mm mm-hmm for the for to do to a woman titillate her clitoris <laughs> immediately what would he do before that <laughs> the Ca- foreplay caress caress mm-hmm. oh yeah duh. because must, that yeah. is more important mm-hmm. to her than the actual the, the sex act proper ew <laughs> gross <laughs> so yeah caresses should be gentle never harsh brusque or forced okay so above all do not hurt her <laughs> I love that we're laughing at consent because it's such like an obvious standard. The fact that he had to state it is so upsetting that we have to laugh. When a caress is too prolonged or too persistent, it runs the risk of becoming boring. Dead. Even worse, it can become irritating or annoying. (laughs) Even worse. The lips, the breasts, especially the nipples... And the clitoris are the principal erotic areas, and skillful stimulation of these usually provoke a crescentic desire for intercourse. He needs to shut up. So basically, then it says that uh, the guy should shouldn't be discouraged if his wife doesn't like immediately respond, because she could be because the fear of being hurt may be the foremost in her mind. But generally, a gentle stimulation of these areas will produce not only a desire but almost a demand. For more and more stimulation. Only, sorry, one can recognize the readiness of the woman by a copious outpouring of secretion from the vagina. Ew. 
Usually, at this moment, the bride will express an overwhelming desire for penetration of the male organ. Further stimulation of the clitoris at this point may produce orgasm in the female without penetration of the penis, which in some women would be as undesirable as premature ejaculation in the man. (laughs) So for this reason, stimulation should cease temporarily until insertion is accomplished. Okay. I mean, obviously, this book is not going to ever talk about how sex is sex. Like the overarching theme of sex is having like sexual feelings between two partners yeah right like whatever that includes and it's going to include all three parts not just the sex act proper but like (laughs) the way he talks about it is penetration is sex and that's how we were taught when we were yeah when we were younger Mm -hmm. and that's why both of us did so much shit that wasn't insertion yeah that was an actual penetrative intercourse but we were like also we were having sex yeah but like it was okay yeah God's loophole. True. Never in the butt. (laughs) (laughs) Never. I've never done it in the butt. You don't have to say whether or not you have. (laughs) I'm just stating for the record I never have. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) So, the sex act proper. We're finally fucking here. God. Finally. Jesus. With the insertion of the penis, the sex act proper begins. Assuming the female has previously been prepared, the in and out motions of the male organ within the vagina usually produces a rather prompt orgasm in the male that culminates in ejaculation of a quantity of milky fluid called semen. Mm. Milky? Disgusting. Ideally, the female achieves her orgasm at the same moment, coinciding with orgasm or ejaculation in her husband. Okay, that almost never happens. No. The female orgasm consists of a series of, of rapid spasmodic contractions in and around the genital organs, along with a blinding, pleasantly overwhelming feeling of ecstasy, a feeling that hopefully is shared concurrently by her husband. Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> as long as she learns how to contract her muscles. Yeah. Anyway, the female organs don't ejaculate. But the vaginal secretion is greatly increased at the time of orgasm. So basically he says this is the ideal situation. Seldom is this ultimate in timing achieved immediately or even in the first few months of marriage. However, a few suggestions may help. Let's hear it. Have you ever like at the same moment orgasmed with a man? No. I don't think I have either. Or if I did, it was because I literally held out for so long to make it happen dead but like no not like just naturally Mm -mm. the only person i've ever done that with is you you too okay so he talks about the the spasmodically contracting vagina again um that that the clitoris gets really sensitive the clitoris oh yeah It's so embarrassing that this man was an OBGYN. <laughs> so this is what he says. The clitoris is a small, elongated, highly sensitive body, usually about three quarters of an inch long, situated at the top of the vulva, just above the urethra. In essence, it is a miniature penis without a urinary opening. Composed oh. of erectile tissue, it becomes rigid upon stimulation, and if titillated long enough, it will eventuate in a so-called clitoral orgasm. Okay. A miniature penis? The fact that he has to say it like that because that's the only thing that a man can, like, compare, compare it to? to? The fuck? 
It's just like, no, it's, it's a clitoris, dude. It's not a, it's not a, it's, I just don't feel like that's a fair comparison. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) And just like, why do we have to compare it to a penis? Yeah. Yeah. Penises are disgusting. Peni? Peni. (laughs) Peni. Deny the peni. Am I right? always makes me laugh so hard. (laughs) Peni. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, normally the clitoris is manually stimulated along with caresses upon the lips and the breasts, hopefully arousing a wife to a pre-climatic state, at which time the male mounts and affects penetration. Mounts? Ew. His beastly instincts. <laughs> However, many women find it necessary to continue the stimulation of the clitoris in order to come to a complete cl- climax. Come. come. <gasps> <laughs> However, many women find it necessary to... Okay, let's see. In this case, it is advisable for the husband or the wife. Some find it easier for the wife to accomplish this, to maintain a titillating finger upon the clitoris, even though the husband has penetrated. (laughs) Even though. So she has to do it herself. Yeah. Because it's easier for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we want to make sure he has it really easy. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to do any work. Except for warm her up. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I also hate. Same. Just the phrasing. Anyway. Yeah. Or like the crock pot theory or whatever. How like men are like a microwave and women are like a crock pot. Oh, I've never heard that. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard that so much as a young child. Not okay. a child. <laughs> as like a teenager. I don't know. Oh, my God. Everything feels young to me now. I'm 30. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're not that old. <laughs> that. Relax. <laughs> this is done until climax in the wife is complete and emotional relief has been achieved. Emotional? I don't know. <laughs> okay. In some cases, there is sufficient stimulation of the penis to the vagina or even to the clitoris to bring the wife to a climax. But where this is not the case, it is better to keep a finger, husband's or wife's, upon it. Either to press it against the penis. <laughs> or actually... To continue to titillate it until climax is achieved and completed. Often, this method allows for better timing of the orgasm to correspond with that of her husband. Too often, if the husband penetrates the vagina too early, i.e. before the wife is sufficiently aroused, he will ejaculate too soon, leaving her in an unsatisfied, highly keyed up, completely frustrated condition. If this occurs, the husband should manually titillate the clitoris while continuing other caresses until his wife has reached her climax and finds welcome relief from the emotional buildup. Emotional. What is with him and like emotion? Like the man can't have an emotional buildup. That is just the woman. Because women are emotional. Mm -hmm. Disgusting. Yeah. Although the most common position is that of the man upon the woman, this is by no means the only proper way, Mm. nor is it the most satisfactory position for all couples. To each husband and wife is left the initiative to discover the most satisfying position for them, and also the variation of the techniques herein described. That was like one technique. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He hasn't... Well, I guess he did mention... The wife on top of the man. Oh, that's right. Wow. Okay, so... Really branching out. Mm -hmm. You haven't discovered anything. Everyone's already had sex that way, is what he said also. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Remember, it takes time and effort to develop a synchronous relationship, but continued bungling begets boredom as well as resentment, so it behooves every husband to develop... All these words with B. <laughs> I don't know. The alliteration, yeah. So it behooves every husband to develop the most satisfying relationship possible with his wife. 
There are no normals to go by as frequency of intercourse, and this must be determined by each couple for themselves. Averages are given in this booklet, but that is all they are. <laughs> if desires in the husband and wife do not coincide, a compromise can usually be found that answers the needs of both. Above all, rejection for either one must be avoided. You must never not be in the mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is no heartbreak equal to the heartbreak of humiliation. And by oh contrast, God. there is no greater reward than the appreciation of full acceptance. <laughs> a wise woman soon learns that an appreciated husband will lay the world at her feet, but a scorned man will soon withdraw his love and seek companionship elsewhere. Shocked. I'm shocked about, to my core. What about a scorned woman? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> a woman scorned, if you will. <laughs> yeah. If she does not enjoy intercourse as frequently as he, a wise wife will still find great joy in just being loved and wanted. She can easily feign orgasm or let her husband know that although she does not climax each time, she thoroughly enjoys being loved by him and bringing him such joy. Easily feign it. <laughs> yeah, I love that he like is like promoting. It's okay to fake to your orgasm. To fake it, yeah. Because it'll make him feel better. God. You're a doctor. Yeah. Also, it is okay if you don't have an orgasm every time. Yeah, like sex is sex is sex. Like it, sex, sex doesn't sex equal sex, sex. <laughs> sex doesn't equal an orgasm or a climax. It just equals sex. Mm -hmm. So like yeah, that that's the whole thing. Like this is all so focused at the orgasm, the climax, but like it's more than that. It's so much more than that. Yeah, you have to set the stage and yeah. you have to warm her up and <laughs> Yeah, and you have to, you know, sorry. Appreciate the value of your your horn. Ew. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> so much. So much. <laughs> um, and then there's two paragraphs about afterplay. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. So um, after they orgasm, they have a certain relaxed serenity. Mm -hmm. They each have a satisfaction of having brought great joy to the other. What if What if you faked it, though? Well, we don't want him to feel his big man rejected feelings. or humiliated because yeah. he didn't make his wife orgasm. Yeah. Jesus Christ. They feel a loving languor that eventuates in a deep, relaxed, refreshing sleep. Okay. However, there are a few precious moments just before they sleep when all is well with them. Never have they felt closer to each other than they do now. Never has their marriage meant more to them than now. <laughs> This is the sacred opportunity when a man can embrace his wife firmly yet tenderly as he reaffirms his love for her and reassures her importance in his life. Generally, the expression is mutual. To miss this afterglow is to pass by some of the finest moments of life. To experience them is to live the fuller life. Mm -hmm. So there's just two chapters left, I think. So I'm going to, this one I'll definitely paraphrase because it's about control of conception, aka contraception. Oh, okay, yeah. So aside from abstinence or surgical removal, there's no 100% effective method of birth control. So they talk, he talks about a few different things. So first he mentions a safe, the safe period, like option or method or the rhythm method. Which it was widely used, I guess, back in the fucking, what, 60s, 70s, okay. um, especially by certain religious groups who do not wish to use artificial methods of birth control. So God forbid they use a condom. God forbid they use a birth control pill or something. But they would just track the cycle and then make sure to have sex during the time when she's not ovulating. Mm -hmm. That sounds boring. <laughs> like, just yeah. use a You're goddamn like, oh, condom. It's time. Let's go. 
yeah like oh okay (laughs) we're finally in the like 14 days where we can have sex and you're less likely not unlikely but less less likely likely to get pregnant cool 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 so basically the safest time would be just before and just after the menstrual period then it says the condom or sheath method sheath sheath Mm -hmm. don't like it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a male may use a condom rubber sheath or prophylactic as it is called to contain the semen and sperm at intercourse to prevent conception a rubber sheath i've never heard it phrased like that me either don't like it and then it talks about a diaphragm with jelly methods this is definitely old because i really don't ever hear anyone using a diaphragm anymore yeah um and then you i didn't know that a diaphragm had to be fitted by a physician oh me either says generally speaking a diaphragm cannot be fitted in a virgin because of the tight hymenal ring but the bride can return to her doctor right after marriage for a fitting Ugh. yep then they talk about suppositories don't even know what that means these are small pellets of low melting point preparations that can be inserted into the vagina prior to coitus they promptly melt and provide protection equivalent in most cases to that of jellies creams and foams pellets so it's just like it melts in your vagina how yeah like where do you put it in your vagina i know but like (laughs) like up (laughs) i mean i imagine i feel i feel like that's not healthy I also feel like that. All right, whatever. He talks about coitus interruptus oh, or, no. or withdrawal has been the commonest method of contraception. Mm-hmm. This man is stupid. The commonest. It's the most common method of contraception known to man throughout the ages. In the average man who can judge the exact time of ejaculation, it's proved quite satisfactory and effective. The object is to withdraw the penis from the vagina just prior to ejaculation of the sperm, thus avoiding con- conception. Yeah, there are some disadvantages um, it mm-hmm. places a strain on what would otherwise should be an unrestrained relationship. So they can worry about him withdrawing too soon. It Sometimes it prevents the husband from completing the act as he normally should. Okay. Just at the finest moment of their relationship, he must suddenly withdraw and interrupt the embrace. Gross. <laughs> Apparently... A sizable number of husbands have had impotence caused by coitus interruptus, so then they can't get it up. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. And then such an interruption may also prevent the wife from achieving her normal climax since withdrawal comes just as she's beginning or is in the middle of her orgasm. Whatever. Again, that it's like all around his penis. Her orgasm is about his penis. Mm-hmm dear dear god i mean i guess i mean the that all is like what he's written in this chapter has been more or less accurate yeah for types of contraception but still just like weird vibes um (laughs) and then the last chapter we're finally here (laughs) just basically uh frequently asked questions called mostly misconceptions oh okay um so is it harmful to have intercourse frequently Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. The only rule to observe is that it must be mutually agreeable to both husband and wife. There is no physical harm to frequent intercourse. There are many benefits to intercourse in addition to the bond of love and closeness that it provides in the family. I don't know why. I don't like when it's like in the family. In, yeah. That's like, it's between a, a man and a woman. But okay. Like in this situation. Yeah. Obviously. In his eyes. Yeah. Um, 
For instance, normal orgasm often acts as a safety valve in relieving emotional tension in either partner. It may well aid in the relief of the nervousness and tension that plays such a prominent role in peptic ulcers, ulcerative colitis, high blood pressure, and heart attacks. Um, okay. Cool. I mean, he's the pussy doctor, MD, yeah, I so. Yes, so must be he must be right. Yeah. Except he told them to he told women of the age to douche, so Yeah. Yeah, that's a red flag. Shaking my head. Um, SMH. Pussy Doctor MD. SMH. <laughs> a thoughtful wife may well sense this need and provide important and life-saving relief from the day's tension in her husband. Life-saving? <laughs> yeah. If you have sex, it'll be less likely for him to have high blood pressure. So you're saving his life. Thank God. Oh, my God. Thank God you're here for me to sheath my my penis. Ew. Sorry. I regret that. Yeah. Good. Oh, sorry. Um, it does say he, in turn, may help her through the tensions of a tedious day when she finds relief through orgasm. The same applies when she begins the transition to the menopause. The menopause. Yeah, the menopause. Dead. TM. TM. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Menopause, TM. Yeah. How often should normal couples have sex or have intercourse, as he puts it? Just depends. Average for young people in their 20s and 30s would be three or four times per week. (laughs) I feel like that's not true. I also feel like it's not true. I feel like when you have a relationship that is based purely off of sex and that you use it to cope with any feelings of insecurity, then sure. Yeah. But like a truly healthy relationship like sexual or just like emotional emotionally like i don't feel like that's the case yeah i think so too and also men and women hit their sexual peaks at different times yeah so yeah yeah anyway um is there any harm in the fact that the wife does not always reach a climax no (laughs) it may be that she's tired or for other reasons does not choose to reach a climax however because yep However, because she loves her husband and enjoys being loved, she encourages him to have intercourse, knowing his need for this relationship. Yeah. And if she just wants to fake it, then that is good. So he doesn't feel humiliated. Yeah. Dear God. Or rejected. Oh, no. Is there such a thing as a frigid woman who is incapable of climax? There may be, but they are extremely rare and usually have some abnormality of their anatomy to account for it. Oh, (laughs) If the okay. wife fails to achieve orgasm after a reasonable length of time, the couple should seek medical counsel. Shouldn't a woman be able to climax without any... <laughs> Sorry. Shouldn't a woman be able to climax without any extra stimulation? I don't know if she should, but most women do not achieve climax without stimulation of the clitoris and considerable caressing otherwise. Why caressing? Yeah. God. Okay. And titillating. Like, Ew. shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like... He could have just like not written this book. <laughs> I was going to say use a thesaurus, but that also I like that yours too, better. Too. This is not to be looked upon as abnormal or unusual. In fact, it is a sin not to help the wife achieve her climax by whatever method is necessary. This is on the last page of the book. Okay. That it's it's a sin not to help her climax. It's a sin? That's what he says. It is a sin not to. Yikes. Help her. 
I mean, listen, I agree. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I agree, but also the way he said it is weird. Yeah. Shouldn't a wife have a certain amount of natural desire for intercourse? Yes, but she may be so tired or even bored that she has lost interest. Intercourse is and should be a mutual thing. Both husband and wife must put forth effort to make it a meaningful part of their marriage, something in which both of them share a part of themselves. Cool. Fiend. <laughs> Elfine. Elfine. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> that was in They Shall Be One Flesh by Dr. Pussy MD. Um, or Pussy Doctor MD, whatever the fuck. What's his name? Lindsay, Lindsay R. Uh, Curtis. Lindsay R. Lin- Lindsay R. Curtis MD. Yeah. Also published under the title of Sensible Sex. <sighs> Yeah. But really quick, before we wrap up the episode, I wanted to just talk about my own experience with waiting for marriage. (laughs) I've mentioned before that I was previously married to a man. Um, I did wait. I mean, as we've already talked about in this episode, there is such a thing as still having sex without penetration. Mm -hmm. But I waited for, well, I guess I waited longer than my marriage to him, but I waited for that type of sexual intercourse until I got married to him. (laughs) I still really like care about him as a person and want good things for him. We were so far sexually incompatible. Take out my gayness. Okay. Take that out of the equation. We were sexually incompatible. Yeah. And I did not know that, nor would I ever have known that until I got married Yeah. for us to attempt to have sex yeah and it was so traumatic like because any and i felt like i was pretty experienced in terms of sex yeah um not like actually having it but just like the mechanics of it yeah just you know things that occur whatever i thought that i was and then that was proven false by the situation with my ex-husband and i really i really like saying i I wouldn't have gotten married if I'd had sex before. So premarital sex could have saved me a, a whole ass marriage because I would have known. Yeah. And it just was so detrimental to my mental health to have that kind of sexual relationship with someone who, you know, we found out after the fact of, you know, many, many attempts that, um, we were just sexually incompatible. One of the, one of the reasons being that I was a lesbian. Yeah. Um, but that was not the only reason I, I can applaud people for wanting to abstain and also really like not want people to do that because <laughs> I mean, Mormons just rush into marriage mostly for sex. Yeah. Like so quick. Yeah. Knowing nothing. And from the day I met my ex-husband to the day I got married, I'd only known him for six months. And I was in my, I was like 23. Yeah. And I thought I knew better. And I still didn't because I was still <laughs> a child. Like, not actually, but. Yeah. I'll probably like reference my story more. Um, but I just want to say like, I definitely can relate to the view of this book, even though it was written back in the late sixties, like I still, there were still remnants of this mindset Yeah. in what 2018 was when I had gotten married to my ex-husband. So like, it's, 
the amount of time that these that the sexual perspective on marriage um that that mormons have like it's it's lasted throughout the ages mm-hmm. <laughs> so timeless it is yeah a tale as old as time yeah so it is um something that we'll definitely touch on more but yeah yeah hopefully y'all liked part two of that book it's this a fucking mess dramatic reading yeah truly it's it's just too hard not to read the whole thing because every line is absurd yeah so well thanks for listening everyone <laughs> this concludes <laughs> just kidding hello <laughs> well thanks for listening everyone <laughs> thank you amy for this uh, for enlightening me yeah you're welcome <laughs> yeah the second time i've read this entire book to you yeah <laughs> um still just as wild yeah <laughs> the second time Truly. so anyway well yeah thanks for joining us make sure to follow us at fhg podcast on instagram and we will see you next week yep yeah thanks for tuning in bye bye, bye.